You're listening to another sermon by Pastor Michael Zapata from the Potter's House Christian Church. The book of Joshua chapter 3 this evening, we're going to be reading starting at verse 1 out of the book of Joshua chapter 3. I uh, read this uh, week about a man who decided to uh, take a shortcut on his way to work. And in doing so, he fell into some muddy waters and couldn't get himself out. As a result, they needed to rescue him. And the more that he squirmed, the more that he tried to get out of the muddy waters, the uh, mud just continued and uh, found himself uh, nearly... uh, at a point where he would uh, nearly uh, he was nearly submerged, it's amazing at how uh, you know crying out for help, uh, and I'm sure this man nowadays would never consider ever again taking a shortcut to work. But how many know that there are so many of us that the shortcut looks appealing? That if we were to add some time. When you key into your GPS, nobody goes the scenic route. We'll just, we'll just add another 10, 15 minutes, right? The truth is, is that we like to get to where we want to go as fast as we can. And this many times can be a temptation, but it could deceive us and trap us if we do take that course. I want to preach to you a sermon entitled, Fashion to Follow, out of the book of Joshua. Chapter 1, you can read along with me in the Bibles. The Bible says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning and set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. And he and all the children of Israel had lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may not know, that you may not, uh, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, "Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you." Fashion to follow. I want to look firstly and focus on the fashion to follow. Our world is filled with so many rules and regulations, standards, measures by which we must adhere to. And there is no escape of this. As much as we would love to, uh, uh, just this week, uh, driving on the M1, even after hearing that there is a $1,000 fine for anyone who's playing with their phone, uh, my wife and I are on the M1, there's this young girl, we can see her, she's swerving uh, inside of her lane, and we immediately realize she's on her phone. Driving up next to her, it was just absolute beautiful to drive next to them and look at them and just start waving. You know, what are you doing? And they immediately drop the phone and then speed ahead. And then we're kind of like just watching to see if she'll pick it up again. And lo and behold, the millennials today just, uh, you know, sucker for uh, pain. And so she picks up the phone and again, you can see her weaving uh, throughout traffic. And what a tragedy it is because many times when it comes to a standard or a rule, or a law, there are either two ways we can approach them. Number one is we can submit to them. 
like common sense would be applied to that and we would experience the favor and blessing of it and be exempt from a thousand dollar fine or we can rebel we can reject it we can assume that uh, I can do this and get away with it, whether it be drink driving, uh, driving without a license, getting fined, doing, you know, you do the crime, you do the time. And yet, despite that being a principle and a law and a rule, uh, many choose to do things their own way. But what you have to understand is that there's an underlining principle uh, in every choice that you get to make, that you get to choose what you want to do. But you don't get to choose the outcomes or consequences that follow. Let me say that again. You get to choose whatever decision, if you want to pick up your phone, if you want to drink, drive, if you want to uh, you know, hang, sleep in, that's your choice. God gives us the free will, but you do not get to choose the outcome or the consequences that follow. Now, the children of Israel were instructed to follow. And this was something that was specific uh, as they were going to cross into the promised land. The priests would have to go before the people uh, and the children of Israel, which would have been millions of people, would have to follow after. In verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, you shall set out from the place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it and 2,000 cubic uh, uh, about 2,000 cubit measure, do not come near it that you may uh, know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. Here it was very, very clear. God is going first. The presence of God is going to be in the, in the promised land first, and it was your duty to watch, and the moment it began to move, for you to follow. Now the underlining principle of this is that you must be aware of, we are fashioned to follow. That despite uh, uh, many people who strive to be independent, be entrepreneurs, uh, the, the truth is, is that we are described in the Word of God as sheep uh, that need to follow a shepherd. It was Jesus that was concerned with the crowds uh, when He saw them uh, like, a sh well, like sheep with no shepherd in Matthew chapter 9, verse 36. Now think about that. Jesus sees a crowd. Uh, they're walking aimlessly and He says, there's something wrong with that. You need to be guided. There needs to be uh, this principle put in place for you to, in order to be able to go into all and step into all that God has for you. The second principle we can draw from this scripture is that we are going to a place that we know not of. There are places that God has been that we haven't been there yet. Now, yes, we've been saved. And yes, we have a, a great access to be able to pray and ask God for wisdom and guidance. But there is a reason why the Bible says, Lord, be the lantern unto my feet. That there is a limited amount of understanding. We can't pray, Lord, tell me the future. What's going to happen against uh, my favorite you know, soccer or, or footy team? Who's going to win? Give me the scores. We don't get to, under, uh, get to know that uh, far ahead. In fact, it's day by day, one step at a time. And this is the reason for this is because we have fashioned to follow. Otherwise, the truth is, we will run ahead. Can everybody say amen? Race towards whatever God has already said in, in our future and we will forget to follow. In the book, 
Ego is the enemy. The instructions become very clear. This is a man who experienced great highs and very depressing lows. And Ryan Hollywood begins to spe- uh, Holiday begins to talk about it, how those who fall victim to their own ego is because they do not embrace the mindset of always being a student. That there's something about us always recognizing, I am not as smart as I think I am. I'm not where I feel I need to be. You know, I'm not all that I think I am. There's something about having that approach that we recognize, I still need to learn a few things. It always amazes me, you know, being on a job site and you employ a new trainee or maybe even someone who's been on job sites before. And so, you know, bricklaying, you don't, you don't have to be a scientist, uh, very clever to do the job, but it's amazing at how these guys are getting, I know what I'm doing. I know exactly, you know, we had this one guy all the way from the UK. He said, yeah, yeah, I, I want this much amount of money. I've been laying bricks for this many years. Okay, no problem. Let's see what you can do. He put a door frame upside down. You know, a bit of humility would have helped. But here is the instructions fashion to follow. That this is why we have to learn to fight the temptation to race ahead and understand that that God has created us to follow. What do we have and what do we know that we didn't pick up from somebody else? That we weren't instructed and we weren't taught and we were taken under the wing of an instructor that now we've realized, we've come and embraced that mentality or those instructions and it's been a blessing to us. But don't forget, don't run, run ahead. We're still created to follow. So let's look secondly this evening at the temptation to run ahead. In the book, Ego is the Enemy, he states, Everywhere you go, your ego follows you. Despite giving strict instructions, many choose not to adhere to them or to follow them. And think about our text. It says, it even gives you a measurement. 200 cubits away. Walk and follow at a distance. Don't come too close. Why? Because many times the closer we get, we read this in the Word of God, that when the Ark of the Covenant was being transported, that as uh, uh, the oxen were walking, carrying uh, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, which was unlawful for them to be doing, uh, it needed to be carried on the shoulders of the Levites. But anyway, here are these animals, these beasts of burden that are carrying the Ark of the Covenant, and they trip and it stumbles and the Ark begins to fall, and it's just one man reaches out to stop it from falling and immediately he struck down and dies because we can grow a little too complacent a little too comfortable in the presence of God we have to recognize that when we are called to follow it's not something that you know Jesus is my homeboy that's just disrespectful no you know God is we're just we're just best mates besties There are instructions for us not to get too comfortable and race ahead of ourselves. We see the history of this even in the world that we live in today. There's something in all of us that sometimes can convince us that we're okay. I'll do this right this time. Or I know what I'm doing. And if, if we get away with it the first time, I got away, I'm sure I could do it again. Now the danger of running ahead or getting ahead of ourselves 
is found in Joshua chapter 17, the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant. The Lord stood firm on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry land, dry ground. If we choose to run ahead, the Bible says you're not running and you're not walking on dry ground. What that means is that you'll fall into a pit. You're going to stumble. If you run ahead and you say, you know what, God, I want you to anoint this. This is what I want in my life. And you begin to run ahead and, and, and not embrace the principle of being fashioned to follow. Guess what's going to happen? There's no dry ground. It's not stable for you to walk ahead of the presence of God. How many times have we gotten restless praying, waiting on God? Lord, I'm waiting. Lord, give me patience, but I want it now. Something about just keeping a safe distance and allowing God to do what He does first and us to follow. It's sad to say there are many examples of this reality that plays out in people's lives. Samson despised his calling. He took for granted the power of God that he had uh, gifted to him. And the Bible says that after giving away uh, the secret source to his strength, uh, that uh, the Bible says the Philistines came upon him. Uh, he awoke from his sleep. Uh, he went out. And the Bible says he did not know the Lord had departed from him. How does someone who has been gifted, anointed with an incredible ability and talent get to this point where they don't even re recognize that the Lord is with them? Can I just say that you can't base your Christianity on your talents? It's got to be more. You've got to dig deeper. You've got to learn to be a student. Yes, you may be gifted. Yes, you may be able to uh, uh, you know, do things and, and you're very proud of them. But the truth is, when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, when it comes to being a Christian, we never stop learning. Can everybody say amen? It was Achan who thought he was above the instructions of God. This is now in the promised land in Joshua chapter 7. The Bible says everything that is in Jericho is a tithe. It's a gift back to God. Everything that you getting that victory, you are not to take any of it. And it was Achan, the Bible says, that forsook that. He despised that. There was a clear instruction, don't take anything of the spoils from Jericho, but he did. The Bible says that Joshua said to him, get up, why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they even have taken a some of the accursed things and I have and have stolen and deceived and they have also put it among their own stuff. Uh, what a tragedy we read about Achan that he was destroyed, him and his whole family, his household. Why? Because he raced ahead. He thought, I'm going to be all right. I'll get away with it. Things will be okay. Now, we're all given a free will, the ab ability to do according to our own desires, yet God won't violate and the devil can't force you to do anything. The good news is, is that despite our failures, our misjudgments, there is the grace of God that is available for each and every one of us who chooses to repent. Peter, the Bible says, was a man who raced ahead. He did a lot of things that he should have just pondered and prayed about first. 
And in that time where he was in the garden with Jesus, uh, the Bible says that these uh, uh, soldiers came, the servants of the high priest, uh, and the moment that they began to surround Jesus, Peter actions his, uh, uh, you know, his uh, uh, zeal for Jesus, and he grabs a sword and he strikes the high priest servant and cuts his ear off. Jesus responds. And says, put your sword in its place, for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Uh, What a great representation of many times how we choose to run ahead. I I got this, Jesus. I got your back. We forget, no, no, no. He's the one that we should be following. He's the one that knows all the answers. And this takes an ability for you to be able to submit to that and walk uh, in, uh, uh, in reverence to who God is. So I'm going to look thirdly and in closing at crossing with help. There are two types of Christians that are are revealed in this passage of Scripture. Number one, there are those who lead. And number two, there are those who follow. Leaders live a proactive life. Leaders anticipate maybe some things that could go amiss. Leaders are instructed to study, to learn, and to submit. And there are followers that live reactive lives. In other words, when trials come, it's a time for them to be able to study and now figure out what's going on. It's trial and error. It's shooting from the hip. It's getting thrown into the deep end and realize you can't swim. This is what happened to the children of Israel going around the mountain year after year after year. The Bible says the priests were the ones who were to bear the Ark of the Covenant. The priests and the Levites there experienced the supernatural miracle of God. The moment that the priest stepped into the River Jordan, the water subsided and the ground became dry. Now what the children that followed experienced was just what had already happened. They didn't see it firsthand, they just walked through it. Now again... Both are accepted. But my question to you tonight is, which one are you? When it comes to the circumstances of your life, are you a proactive or are you reactive? Are you anticipating the worst or are you at least preparing for anything that maybe might go wrong? Or are you just hoping things don't turn out bad and just eventually, I'm sure if it goes, but we'll fix it then. Never checking your tire pressure or never, you know, uh, checking the oil in your car or just thinking, you know what, I, I'm sure I'll be okay. I don't need wrinkle cream. You know, I'll, I'll age gracefully. It's a proactive life that's, that strengthens you as a Christian, that begins to help you to make right decisions and so that you experience firsthand the supernatural power of God. Now, I don't know about you, but as a Christian, I want to see God move in my life. As, as wonderful it is to hear about the supernatural experiences you guys are having, I want to see that in my life. I want to experience that personally. And now as Christians, we are called to be able leaders. Whether it be in your home, your family, at work, every opportunity needs to be taken as you are living out your Christian life to exempt leadership skills. Exodus chapter 18, verse 25, Then Moses 
chose able men of Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, uh, rulers of tens. But here is the principle that those rulers were given a responsibility. And I feel as though today there are Christians who are not embracing this responsibility, personally taking responsibility of your own home, of your own family, of what's happening spiritually, dictating the climate of your home, the environment, to make sure that nothing's creeping in. I don't know about you, but I like to keep bugs out of my house. That's why I have fly spray ready on, on the go. Sometimes if, I can't, if we don't have fly spray, I'm running around like a madman with my tea towel, swatting flies. I don't know what's wrong with the Queensland flies. They're so slow. But I can swat them in the air, and it's beautiful to be able to clean the house from every, I mean, pests that try to creep in. But if we don't do that spiritually, we're going to live reactive lives as Christians. Something's going to come into your living room, make a little cobweb there, and before you know it, you're trapped. Begins to take in and not even pay rent in the process of doing that. As I said, we are called to be leaders. In Revelations chapter 1, verse 5 through to 6, and, Jesus, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to the, his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You know, whether you like it or not, you are called to be a leader. You are called to rise above the circumstances of life and uh, be able to apply things that would uh, benefit your future. This is not just so you could prosper and be wealthy and gain uh, success, but it's for the glory of Jesus Christ. Remember, here are the Levites. They're bearing the weight of the ark. That speaks about responsibility. Responsibility is heavy. The more children you have, the more bills you get, you have to pay. That's a responsibility. You can't dismiss that, push that aside and say, you know what, I'm sure it'll somehow pay itself off. We have to live proactive lives. The circumstances of life are ripe for the supernatural work of God. We may face a time where we feel, you know what, this is too heavy to carry. Listen, it's an opportunity for you to see God move supernaturally. You watch as the waters subside. Don't let go of the weight. Don't just think, you know what, I can just take this responsibility off and I'll just walk through the Jordan. No, 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 that's not how it works. Embrace the, the cross. Take up your cross and follow Jesus Christ. I want to close with a story about Boy Scouts. These Boy Scouts, three Boy Scouts who rescued this man trapped in the mud. The man uh, had been walking down the Missouri River. Uh, and as he was walking down, he was cleaning up the uh, river that always gets filled with uh, trash from people that are driving through the streets and uh, throwing their junk out the windows. And as he's doing this good deed, this man fell into muddy, uh, uh, the muddy embankment there and began to, st to sink. 
The more that he squirmed, the more that he tried to fight it, the deeper he went into the mud. For two hours he sat there and unable to get himself out. Finally, it was three young, young men uh, in their teenage, early teenage years, Boy Scouts, that saw this man in distress and began to help him out. They began to look for things that would be able to help him and to spread out the load so that he could actually climb upon it and get out. They found this wired fence, they threw it in next to him and they managed to rescue this man that was trapped in the water, uh, in the mud. Now the whole comment of this was that the leader of the Boy Scouts said it was just a proud moment to witness that these three Boy Scouts put to practice whatever, everything that they'd been trained to do. In other words, they see a circumstance, you're a Boy Scout, it's time to action it. You've been trained, you've got your little flick knife, you've been taught, you know, got badges on your, on your shirt because you, you know, you're able to sharpen your pants, whatever it may, may be. Now it's time. Hey, there's a man distressed. Put it into practice what we've taught you. And here is this Boy Scout leader that said, I was just proud to hear that these three boys that we've been training and investing in, pouring our lives into, didn't just walk past this man in distress. Now I can't help but think that that's exactly our call as Christians. That it is our duty to be able to walk ready to be able to act and do what God has called us to do. I believe that there are leaders in this church that would be able to bear the responsibility to be able to experience the supernatural power of God personally and be able to lead people into the presence of God and into all that God has for others. Our greatest challenge in life is to embrace the principle that we've been fashioned to follow. When we follow Jesus Christ and His instructions, we become a part of all that He's doing. The promised land is ahead, church. The promised land is a few steps ahead. If we would just continue to embrace responsibility, allow God to do what He does best, we're going to see all that He has for us. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one moving around just for a few moments.